0: and welcome to the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast. I'm BHE Digital Managing Editor Tom Valentino and I am on site at the Treatment Center Investment and Valuation Retreat in Scottsdale, Arizona. And today I am joined by Nick Stavros, the CEO of Community Medical Services, which is based right here in Scottsdale. Nick, this is a home game for you.
1: Yeah, it sure is. (laughs) <laughs> Didn't have to drive too
0: far. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to join us. You are presenting this week on the topic of digital therapeutics in addiction treatment. So how exactly are we defining digital therapeutics? What tools are commonly misconstrued as maybe being digital therapeutics that are not?
1: Yeah, so I think the maybe part of the confusion comes from the fact that we use weird terms like um, like health IT, and, and people sometimes think that, or digital, you know, digital health IT, and that's, that's different than digital therapeutics. So it might be easier to start with what digital therapeutics is not. So I think first and foremost, digital therapeutics is not just general wellness apps. Um, you know, there's a lot of different apps. We probably all use apps for exercise. I know you guys, I use like meditation apps. There's all these apps out there. I think, um, to me, digital therapeutics is more easily defined as, um, for one, using a um, u- software uh, as a kind of science tool um, to treat a, uh, let's say, a medical condition or um, or a disorder. Um, that's probably the the primary um, definition. And then, kind of adding on to that, um, I'd say something that uh, you know. That, that's scalable, cost-effective, something that could be um, implemented within an existing um, treatment system, and then really, um, digital therapeutics is about augmenting the human interaction, and that's something I'll talk a lot about on my presentation tomorrow. But um, you know, augmenting the human, uh, the, the the human being in the treatment paradigm. Um, with an intention of improving outcomes. So that's kind of, um, those are kind of the bullet points um, behind what I define as digital therapeutics.
0: Tell us a little bit about how you use digital therapeutics within your organization.
1: Yeah, so the way I think of digital therapeutics, and I'm not sure if this is unique or not, but I think that when we think about, like when a treatment provider thinks about digital therapeutics, we think a lot of times as an add-on to our existing operations. I tend to think of it as more at the core of our um, operations. And so if you think about like in health IT, I mean, an EHR is the best example where, you know, if you look at what EHRs have done for the, for the medical industry over the years, um, you know, they, they've, they've really become the core at, at, at the base of the operation. So operations are built on top of it. But what you see a lot of times with digital therapeutics today is like, well, here's a script for a digital therapeutic that is like, you know, an add-on adjacent to our existing operations. We as an agency, I think we think about digital therapeutics as this, we want, um, you know, in five, ten years from now, when you look at our organization, uh, the the core of the operations will be built upon digital therapeutics. And so it really is um, at the core of our business. And so, um, yeah. Okay.
0: how did you identify the right digital therapeutics for your organization um walk us through that process
1: yeah so we did it very very diligently because so back to my prior point if 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 your operations are going to be built on it then the worst thing we could do is commit to a platform that's not going to be around in five or ten years you know and that's the thing that's a little bit scary and people are trepidatious about it is like is like it has got to be something that's going to be here if we're going to build our operations upon it. So looking at something that's really, really tried and true and in the addiction treatment space, digital therapeutics, I think it's a little, it's a a little newer. So we actually looked outside the digital therapeutics, I mean, the um, addiction treatment space for platforms Um, and we ended up finding one that's got, that's more specialized in the eating disorder space. and we're going to be—we're um, actually going to be um, having them build a white-label application for us. But you know, we—I um, could say there's also um, there, there's a lot of different digital therapeutics out there, each with its own benefit. For us, um, patient engagement is like at the core of the of the—I'd say of a value proposition of digital therapeutics. So. It's got to be, you know, we're really intense on providing compassionate care to our patients and and creating therapeutic alliances between our staff and our patients. Um, And so we were looking for a digital therapeutics platform that can really accommodate that best, but it really is about engaging patients at its core.
0: So you're working with... Partner organizations uh, to, to implement these solutions. These are not things uh, that you're developing necessarily in house,
1: correct? Sort of. I mean, we a lot of the so the base platform is already in existence. Okay. But we know that we have very very specific nuance needs and um, and and we we need specific functionality out of out of an app, and so we're going to be driving a lot of the like specificity um, for our operations and for our patient population in conjunction with the vendor but the vendor is going to be the one building it so we're going to be you know we're going to be creating a lot of the ideas that go in there okay
0: so if you're if you're a member of our audience who's listening to this um, what kinds of questions should they be asking a potential uh, vendor a partner that they're working with and they want to embark on this process to find therapeutics that are, uh, you know, digital therapeutics that are uh, appropriate uh, for their purposes.
1: Yeah, I'd say first and foremost, identify the problem that you're trying to solve. Like every, you know, there's 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 a lot of different digital therapeutics, um, you know, softwares and hardware systems out there that that are pretty amazing. Like, in, and they each have their own you know, unique functionality. And and so, and a lot of times it's, you can't just compare one against another because they do such specific things. And so I say identify the needs for your, um, you know, identify the problem you're trying to solve. And then identify how digital therapeutics is going to really leverage the, um, you know, your existing strengths and and overcome some of your weaknesses. And so uh, that that's, you know, we spent a lot of time like I said, and effort, I mean, years pilot, we've piloted, I mean, you name it, and we've piloted it in our clinics. And we've, um, we've tracked outcomes, we've tracked, we've, we've done surveys, we've, um, we've, we've looked specifically at our patients engaging in the app, our counselors, it's really important that counselors um, like the app too, because they're the ones that are gonna be, um, you know, introducing it and trying to get patients to buy into it. And so it's gotta be something that's user-friendly for patients, um, and for counselors alike, and so I'd say you know identify identify your specific needs. If you're a if you're a doctor's office that doesn't provide counseling, then it'd be you know some of the digital therapeutics platforms that do you know asynchronous CBT. That might be a, a great add-on because you're not doing counseling anyway. So 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 it it's a um, you know it adds uh, to your existing value proposition, but. For a company like ours, I mean, we do primarily in our clinics, what we do is the psychosocial interventions. And so we need something to really bridge that, really amplify the impact that our counselors and our peers and our doctors are having with patients.
0: You had mentioned earlier that you're looking to do even more in this arena in the coming years. What kind of potential do you see um, that might not necessarily, we're, we're not there yet, but here's where things could be heading five, 10 years from now?
1: Well, five to ten years from now yeah i mean probably <laughs> like um like you know virtual reality and 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 stuff like that i mean it's but there's just there are so many cool like software and hardware solutions out there um you know watches that can track you know that could track electromagnetic magnetic activity in in your sweats you know and, and and give you indicators on if a patient's like approaching a relapse i mean there's and then on the digital therapeutics side, I mean, there are, you know, on the synchronous side, on the asynchronous side, um, on the contingency management side, like there's just there's there's an array of problems to be solved that um, where digital therapeutics really can play play a role in, to solve those problems. Excellent.
0: Anything else that you wanted to mention that we haven't touched on yet to this point?
1: Just I think I. Uh, when selecting a vendor i'd say uh it, 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 i'll go through on my presentation tomorrow like kind of build by buy analysis and how we thought about it and the cost and everything and, and um you know finding finding a vendor that really aligns with your values is important for you know any vendor for anything you do in a business but for us um you know we like we like change we like innovation we like we like to get the, the voice of the patient the voice of the employee and right really like change and pivot and customize any solution we're providing to their needs. You know, that's the thing with with digital therapeutics is is, um, a lot of the ones we've piloted. It's like they, they sound great and they have a great user interface. They look great, but the patients just are not using them, you know, and if you or I or any of us think about what are the apps on our phone that we use like on a very regular basis and why do we use them? You know, they're they're solving a very specific need. Um, but they're really tailored to what we need instead of tailoring it just to what providers think patients need. You know, that's why it's so important to get like the voice of the patient as you're going through it. And so, so we, we found a vendor, a vendor that, is, that is very, very intentional and diligent like we are. on really like, let's try this and see how patients react. Let's try this and see how it, you know, does that improve engagement? Does that improve engagement? And that's really, really important to get the, the final product.
0: Fantastic. Nick Stavros, the CEO of Community Medical Services. Thank you so much for taking the time. As a reminder, you can subscribe to the BHE podcast on Apple Podcasts and other podcast listening apps. All past episodes are also available on our website, behavioral.net. Thanks once again to Community Medical Services CEO Nick Stavros for joining us. I'm Tom Valentino, and this has been the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast.